The day is over, but the night has just begun. This is WTMJ Nights, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue. Here's your host, Brian Noonan. Welcome, welcome. Glad you are with us Thursday night on WTMJ Nights. Big show, couple hours. We'll get it in, 855-616-1620. That's the old National Bank talk and text line, old National Bank get old. That's how you get involved in the program. If you want to call in when you uh, hear that dulcet tone over the uh, phone, it'll be Matt. He's executive producing the big show tonight. Be nice to him. You'll get through to me. And if you want to text us, by all means, do so. You can always answer our text question of the night, which for tonight is, who made the biggest impression on you during last night's Republican debate? You know, last night was debate number two. A lot of... uh, opinions going back and forth but who made the biggest impression on you and throw in a why too we don't just need a name we need some reasons that's 855-616-1620 the old national bank talk text line matt i've been waiting we weren't sure when the uh, when the program was going to start but we are here now and um a lot going on you were you were talking about this of course there's a packers game and starting in about eight minutes and so there will be no tundra talk tonight i texted uh Traded emails with uh, Brandon Snyder tonight. He's actually working the game. He's on the sidelines. That's much more exciting than talking to us. But Tundra Talk will return next Thursday, uh, and it'll be jam-packed full of things. So we'll have a couple games to uh, break down and then another preview. So that will be coming back next week. You have uh, you got any games tomorrow? Who are you calling? Who are you calling this weekend? This weekend we got a weekend off. I think. Uh... After you know the last couple weeks, and I intentionally blocked this weekend off because myself, along with Bob Brainerd, along with Craig Kishon a couple weeks ago, thought that this weekend of baseball would be quite eventful at American Family Field. <laughs> yes, well, that happened. Uh, that happened earlier in the week. Yeah, that happened earlier in the week. We were anticipating, uh, you know, in our Brewers True or False segments. Question number one: Will it come down to the final weekend? Well, for the Cubs, it might, but the Brewers, they already drunk their champagne uh, at AmFam. They did that on Tuesday, so it's just keeping the Cubs out and not uh, trying to get yourself in. So, yeah. The the Cubs' uh, failure has been almost historic. They don't have a bullpen, and they're losing. They took a 1-0 lead. Last I checked, they're losing 4-1 to the Atlanta Braves. I mean, man, if Justin Steele and Marcus Stroman can't throw 18 combined innings... Yeah, uh, they'll come into American Family Field, and uh, you know, unless the Brewers hit a slump, <laughs> just uh, in the final three days, they're just going to go eh, or four final. Four uh, not only that, I'm saying even if they sneak into the wild card race, uh, let's just say Corbin Burns, Freddie Peralta, Freddie Peralta won't even need to be used. It'll be Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff. They'll be licking their chops along with the bats, and uh, let's say the Cubs will be heading back down I-94 on a Wednesday night as opposed to Thursday, and. Uh, then they'll head right to Wrigley Field and clean out their lockers. Because right now, like I said, the Cubs' bullpen, especially watching the last two games that they blew leads in and the way they blew the leads, they just can't finish. 
No. And it's, you know, I'm going to be at the game tomorrow night at uh, American Family Field, and, and I will not, uh, I know every time, every time we turn on the Cubs, we get some texters, why do you always talk bad about the Cubs? I, I don't know, because I'm not a Cubs fan, that's why. And um, so tomorrow night will be fun to watch what I'm sure will be the first of uh, the first of the game that the Brewers will take of this final series so that uh, that should be good and uh, of course Packers Lions a lot of people uh, tonight seeming to pick the Lions only um, I'm not uh, I'm not exactly sure why maybe you can break it down a little Matt a little tundra talk but I I I gotta go with the Packers only because coming off that fourth quarter we, we had over the last two weeks the tale of two fourth quarters one where the Packers fell apart and last week where they could do no wrong. And they come back and they squeak out that victory over the Saints. It was, uh, that was, that was amazing. So I'm thinking they're still going to, even though it's a short week, I think they're still going to be able to, uh, ride that high. I agree, except from what I've seen out of the Detroit Lions, it's going to be good versus better tonight. I think Jordan Love, takes an additional step from what we saw in the fourth quarter on Sunday against New Orleans. But Detroit, Jared Goff, Reynolds, Detroit's just on a roll. David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins are out again. Bakhtiari will miss some significant time with a knee. Yeah, four weeks, was it? Four weeks? Yeah, that's going to hurt Jordan Love. Even though he was able to play through it last week, the game of football starts in the trenches and losing the left side of your line and not having them available, even though he plays the right side, Aiden Hutchinson does, it's still not fun to be dealing with those chemistry issues, and he's going to have to get the ball out fast. That's the story for tonight. Now, do you think every year, or the last couple years, uh, there's been all kinds of hype around Detroit. Are they just, is is it time for the hype to finally die out, or do you think this year that it might be real for the for the Lions? Three games into the season, it's real. They beat Kansas City at Arrowhead. I know Travis Kelsey was out. I know Chris Jones was out, but they got the job done. They stumbled in overtime to Seattle and then took care of business against the Falcons last week. The hype is real, but we're still early. You could ask me, is the hype real for Detroit? Is the hype real for Kansas City? Is the hype real if there is any for the Chicago Bears? Kansas Kansas City is coming off, uh, you know, two Super Bowls, and it's a little different. But my point is there's no hype three weeks into the season because it's too early. Guys can get hurt. Things can happen. But I think Detroit has lived up to expectations. They can put an exclamation point on that tonight if they uh, walk out of Lambeau with a win. All right. Well, let's. Uh, we will see what happens. And uh, again, Tundra Talk will return next week. But uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll be paying attention. We'll have some updates. But uh, we're glad you're here. If you are not watching the game, then uh, listen. We're the place to be. There's no other place to be except here. Let's take a quick break and then. Uh, We'll talk a little bit about last night, but uh, we'll look forward to the next debate. We've got a lot to get to and not much time to do it. It's WTMJ Nights. It's Brian Noonan. We are here tonight until 9 o'clock. Glad you're with us. 855-616-1620 is the old National Bank talking text line. All right, I don't know how many of you watched the second GOP primary debates last night. It was... um, 
I did not pay as much attention to this one, I'll be honest, as I did the one that was in Milwaukee, the first debate, mostly because we were right in the thick of it. This one I kind of knew was going to be the same, but amplified, and it lived up to the hype. There was a lot of, and I'm sure um, you've heard people talking about it all day, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it because, to be honest, it means nothing. It's a lot of, uh, as the old, uh, the old poem goes, sound and fury meaning nothing. Because no matter who's on the stage, no matter how many times they scream at each other, no matter how many um, jokes fall really flat, there's only one guy who it doesn't seem like anything can stop him who's going to be the Republican nominee, and he wasn't there last night. They talked about him. Chris Christie tried to Chris I, I like that Chris Christie was picking up the name calling mantle that Donald Trump used to use where he he had a, a nickname for everybody you know remember little Marco and uh low energy uh low energy Jeb and all the other ones that he came up with to kind of insult everybody but uh, last night Chris Christie thought he was going to do it and so uh he basically uh, he said, you know, Don, he was talking right to Donald Trump. You know, you're not here. You keep trying to duck us. And if you don't show up soon, we're going to call you Donald Duck. And that got nothing. Uh, Mike Pence. Mike Pence couldn't tell a joke if you spotted him the entire setup and three words of a four-word punchline. He could not. He cannot. He, there is nothing when you listen to Mike Pence talk, when you look at Mike Pence, there's nothing that makes you go, this guy is funny. But he always tries to throw a little something in there, and then he then he waits like a bad open micer who's been practicing in front of his mirror or in front of his, uh, his drunk buddies, and they laughed when he said it. So he kind of waits, and nothing happens. The biggest pop, uh, as far as an insult or a joke, was when Nikki Haley slammed Vivek Ramaswamy and said, sometimes I feel dumber just hearing you talk, which I was like, ooh, now that's that's getting mean. And I liked it. It was, uh, you know, it made sense. But let's be honest. Nobody up there is going to be the nominee. They're all kind of vying. Well, I was going to say some of them are vying to maybe be on the ticket as vice president or in a cabinet if uh, former President Trump were to win again. Uh, that's Vivek. Vivek wouldn't say anything against Donald Trump if he actually was uh, trying to choke down a Trump steak while drinking some Trump water. He, uh, he just wouldn't do it. A lot of them aren't going to make it because the third debate, uh, if you didn't know, is coming up November 8th. It's a while away, so they get to hone their... They get to write some new material. I don't know what new material they're going to try to write, but they're also going to be trying to raise money and get signatures to keep themselves. So in Miami, it's uh, the third one. You know, you're now you're in uh, DeSantis's home state. He again looked kind of awkward last night. I don't, I don't think he's got it, but we'll see. Um, but we're going to have really strict rules for this third debate. So the candidates are going to have to have at least 4% in multiple polls, which I'm trying to remember the last poll I saw. I don't think too many of them do. And a total of 70,000 unique donors. Um, again, no more gift Trump cards? Is, 
No more gift cards. No, you can't. You listen. Last night may have been the last time you see the the North Dakota governor because you can't you can't buy your way in anymore. You got to have people donating. Now I, it doesn't say they could be seventy thousand donors who are all sending in five bucks, but you got to have seventy thousand. The most important part is the four percent because they're going to go. You know they're going to go with big polls. There'll probably be a Fox poll, a CNN poll, a, a bunch of different ones, and you've got to you've got to have four percent. It says multiple, so it doesn't say how many, but that's at least two. But yeah, no more gift cards. Um, you know, I don't I don't know how they're going to do it, but we'll see. Trump's not going to that debate either. <laughs> so at some point, and I guess there there's a part of me uh, that wants to see him debate these guys. There's a part of me that is so over it. I don't, you know, OK, we, we kind of have we see things are set in stone. We know what's happening. But I thought it would have been nice if he had just like burst in last night. Like as a surprise. Ha ha, I'm here. And, like, oh. and he just walks around, gives them all their nicknames, um, makes a couple nasty comments, and then leaves. Maybe that'll happen in debate number three. Did you watch it at all, Matt? You were at work, weren't you? No, nah, I was enjoying uh, the Brewers winning against the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, not a whole lot of debate there. No, no, it was not. It, uh, that Another big win for the uh, the Brewers today, so... I don't know, not not too shabby. It'll be uh, it'll be fun. So yeah, that was the debate last night. Um, if you want to uh, jump in, our text question of the night was, who who made the biggest impression on you last night during the debate and why? I'm guessing a lot of people skipped it. We all watched the first one again because it was from here. You know, we yeah, it was right down the street. We had a lot of GOP people right on the other side of the glass, eating hors d'oeuvres and drinking uh, drinking spotted cow and old fashions, but. This one, eh, California, whatever. Um, it's nice, but we don't care. And it's not, again, it just it just doesn't matter. The only thing that's going to change things is if in one of the first primaries, if in uh, Iowa at the caucus or, uh, what is it, Delaware or Rhode Island, one of those, somebody makes a big jump and narrows the gap a lot, maybe then Trump will get into a debate. Things will shake up. Who knows what's going to happen with uh, any more any more court cases? So we'll see. We'll see. But we haven't talked since Lauren Boebert went to the theater. You ever you ever make out in a movie theater or a regular theater, Matt? Not to the uh, extent of uh, the representative there, but me either. Uh, yeah, me either. And I've done some things, but uh, yeah, there's things, uh, and then that's a thing. That's an Alanis Morissette song right there. Isn't That's, that ironic? It is ironic. <laughs> All right. It is very ironic. Oh, my gosh. We have to do this. And then, then there's, oh, there's, lots of, there's lots of fun news, and we'll get to it all right after this. WTMJ. WTMJ Nights. News in just a couple minutes. I have, uh, I've long had a question about service animals. I've changed I've changed from my my official or my initial thoughts on service animals a long time ago was that I really didn't get it. But then I've seen service animals in uh practice and it works. But I am going to uh, I have to limit the species of service animals 
to dogs and maybe cats. We've heard all kinds of stories about people trying to get on planes with a uh, cockatoo or a snake or a possum that they said was their service animal. Uh, stop it. No. Uh, this was the most fun. I know, uh, Matt, you probably saw this story since we were talking about the Brewers. Well, the Phillies are still playing baseball. Uh, last night they had a game, and uh, Joy Henney went to uh, Citizens Bank Park. He wanted to see the Phillies beat the Pirates, but he brought his service animal along, and his service animal is a five-foot-long gator called Wally Gator that he adopted in 2015, and has made, he's made it into a popular animal on both Instagram and TikTok. So that's not a service animal. That's a uh, profit animal. That's an animal you've used to make, make yourself famous. So he adopted it from a friend in Florida. Uh, they were trying to relocate, relocate a group of gators whose homes were destroyed because of land development. Now, that does not sound like an easy pitch. If you tell me there's a, a dog shelter that had a fire and they've got these dogs that need to be rehoused, okay, I'll take a look. You know, you tell me cats, well, I don't, I don't like cats, but I know cat people. I'll, I'll put them in touch with the uh, thing. You tell me you got a group of gators that needs a home? I mean, there are a lot of swamps in Florida. Just take them down there and let them loose. Because nobody's bringing a gator into my house. Uh, now, Joy Henney said, I've never met an alligator that will not bite you. You fool around with their head. Their instinct is to grab you. But Wally Gator does not do it. You can reach in there and rub his tongue. He refuses to close his mouth. We don't know why. Well, could it be that you have it propped open with a two-by-four? Has he seen Happy Gilmore? Uh, listen, exactly. You don't... You don't want to end up with a, a wooden hand. Has he ever watched Peter Pan? That's, you know, Captain Hook lost his, uh, lost his hand to a gator. There's a lot of famous fictional characters that have lost their hand to gators. Is it Chubbs? Is that the, that's the guy's name in Happy Gilmore, right? Yeah, wooden hand, and then I'm not going to spoil yeah. the rest of it, no. for those of you who haven't <laughs> seen the film, but yeah. yeah. Wait a minute. I think, Matt, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say the statute of limitations on Happy Gilmore spoil alerts expired about 25 years ago. <laughs> I think you're safe. If people haven't seen Happy Gilmore to this point, um, I think you can let it slip that the gator came back and got chubs. Um, I'm not going to say how, though. No. Well. Watch the <laughs> movie. The gator buy a high-powered sniper rifle and go after him? <laughs> This gator takes revenge. He's swamp killer. All right, well, so they didn't let him in because he came with a, an emotional support gator, which is impossible. Nobody wants to, even if you have, uh, you know, because the Phillies, I know the, uh, the side, sometimes uh, teams have to bring your dog to the game. That's okay. Bring a gator to the game? No, you really are, a, you know, some sort of weird swamp-dwelling Florida man to do that. On the other side of the news, we're going to talk a little bit about. All right, we're going to talk about things you do that waste your money, and we've got. Oh man, we've got. Uh, we got to get to. There's some uproar over Girl Scout cookies in the eight o'clock hour. Of course, it's Thursday night. We're going to do a quick drive-through window and an at the breweries, uh, and then a TV show that I haven't seen, but uh, I guarantee I'm going to start binging it. After the show tonight, so we're going to get uh, we're going to get to that as well. But yeah, it's there's sir. I I never understood the people with like 
exotic pets, like snakes and lizards and those kind of things. But, you know, a gator tops, unless you're Sonny Crockett from Miami Vice circa 1984, uh, you don't need a gator. All right, it is now time, after I have now uh, alienated all the exotic pet owners in the audience, to head to the WTMJ 24-hour breaking news center. Jessica Gatso is ready to go. Well, you might be right, Matt. Uh, We're already, with uh, about halfway through the first quarter, Lions 7, Green Bay 3. Mm-mm-mm. We'll see. We'll keep it. We'll keep an eye on uh, on what's happening up there. I try to be frugal. I guess is a good word. Cheap might be another word, but there's certain certain things I will spend money on. I try not to try not to waste money. But I saw this today, and there were a couple things. It's the big question is: Do you buy things that you consider a waste of money? What do you buy often that you you think is a waste? And this they had this on here um, because I don't really I don't I don't buy things that I think are a waste. I would rather I'd rather save up to buy something good than to buy little things you know that I don't really need. But they had this on like said paper products. Now I don't use paper plates unless we're having a big party. But I do use paper napkins at home. I don't know. I, I don't know too many people who use cloth napkins, unless it's a holiday, like at Thanksgiving, Christmas. You know, you have a big, uh, big thing like that. Fancy sit-down dinner. You'll get out some cloth napkins. I might even iron them. I'll put them in a napkin ring because I'm that kind of fancy, Matt. I'll wear a, a monocle when people come over. I have spats on. I'm oh man, it's it's a big, big. How do you do? But for normal everyday use, it's paper napkins. Now, I don't buy the uh, big, fancy, thick paper napkins, you know, like the uh, the Chinette, not the, the Chinette plates, but they've got those uh, nice napkins, paper napkins. I don't buy those. I buy the giant 600-pack at Walmart for like three ninety eight. That lasts you weeks. It only oh, lasts me a couple months. Even better. No, I'm not. Yeah, so it's like, that's not a waste of money. Yes, I'm throwing away paper. Oh, no, you should recycle. Well, okay, I don't. Um, so that was one of the ones on the list. I'm, I'm wondering from you, 855-616-1620, is there anything you do that you consider a waste of money? Uh, another example was buying, buy, overbuying on food. Now, I've been guilty of this over over my entire life a few times probably where you're like ooh something's on sale or maybe you go to Costco or Sam's and you're like I oh my goodness you're right I could eat eight pounds of salad and after about two pounds of salad you're like I can't eat any more salad and then you know a few weeks later you pull out the bag and it's just full of black slimy gunk and you go all right well that that was kind of a waste but you know, mostly I'm a, I, I buy stuff on sale that goes right in the freezer, because then it's like okay, it's in the freezer. I can take it out, thaw it, and it'll be good to go. You know, a couple weeks ago there was a sale, um, boneless, skinless chicken breasts for ninety nine cents a pound, limit ten pounds. 
Know how many pounds I bought, Matt? You bought 10 pounds and then came back and got another 10. You are right. No, not the second part. But I did buy the 10. And I came home and I wrapped them individually and I put them in the freezer. And now if we need chicken, oh, there's chicken right in the freezer. Take it out the day before, boom, we're good to go. You know? So I I don't know. Like, I, all right. Tech stuff, tech stuff sometimes I consider a waste of money, but I don't buy it. So that doesn't really, that doesn't really count for me. Um, One of the suggestions was makeup, ladies. I don't know. I don't, I don't know how much makeup costs. I feel like I'm uh, one of those out-of-touch CEOs when they, how much is a gallon of milk? 38 cents. So I don't know what makeup costs. I'm sure it costs a lot. My wife buys her own, and my daughter buys her own. I don't, they don't make me go buy it for them. Uh, I would, I, I do, though, judge sometimes uh, my daughter and some other people I know who will uh, go to a certain coffee chain and drop eight or ten bucks on one drink. That to me, now, once in a while, then it's a treat. But if you're doing it three, four times a week, it's just me. I think it's a waste of money. When, you know, a nice coffee pot, you put some, uh, you invest in a nice coffee pot, you buy some good coffee. It's uh, the coffee pot's a one time outlay of cash, and you don't have to worry about it. Matt, do you waste money on anything? The only thing I can think of is overspending on food. In terms of going to the store, realizing that something's on sale, or you really like something and they ran out of that item one time, so you overbuy. But other than that, really nothing. I'm very, as you would describe it, very frugal. Yes, and it well, this is a good business to start out in being frugal. There's just no point in buying anything you don't need. Right, and it's like it, it. You realize now, and it didn't. It, there, it was always more expensive to like go out to eat or or get carry out and stuff. But there wasn't always a huge discrepancy. Now, uh, you know, there's a there's a pretty big discrepancy because of the way prices have been going. And even you know, it's expensive to go to the grocery store. I have found myself um, the grocery store I go to has an app, and you know, back. Most grocery stores have this, where you sign up and you're like on their, uh, you get special deals or whatever. You enter your phone number when you're checking out, and you get discounts that other people don't. Well, everybody could get them. They just don't sign up. Uh, I go on now, like my grandmother used to do, and instead of cutting coupons with my scissors, I'm clipping my coupons on the app so that when I go to the store, all I have to do, I put in my phone number and... Boom, I'm getting that's how I got the 99 cent chicken because it was a special for you deal. And I was like, yeah, that is for me. I'm going to take it. I've started doing that with no shame. I'll, if I forget, I'll sit in the parking lot before I go into the store and go through the app just to, and sometimes it saves a lot, you know. Uh, so I'm, I'm betting I'm not the only one who started doing that. I even turned my mom onto the app now because she was like, can you go to the store for me? I'm like, sure. So, and she was asking me to get these things, and she was like, I don't know. Some of them have these different prices. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, do you have your phone number there? And she's like, yeah, I do. I said, oh, well, then you're set. So let's go through. Tell me what you need, and I'll click it, and I'll, I'll when I go for you, I'll enter your phone number. So it's uh, it's crazy. But, yeah, I don't, uh, 
I don't buy I I the only time I bought stuff I didn't need, I guess. Um couple times maybe a an article of clothing and i thought oh, i'm gonna wear this and then i either didn't or i wore it once and it was like eh. and so but then i chalked that up to all the other times i didn't <laughs> so <laughs> we all we all have our uh, justification for doing that stuff uh speaking of saving money and spending money and things going up how much are you willing to spend to keep supporting little girls that might seem like an odd question but i will explain on the other side it's wtmj nights yes i was talking about supporting girls not the kind referenced by uh motley crew not those girls 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 but the little girls in green or brown uniforms uh they used to come and knock on your door now they do uh you know they might set up outside a grocery store they might do some online campaigns i'm talking about the girl scouts and their cookies, big cookie season comes around in January. Well, there's already a lot of controversy because Girl Scout cookie prices are going up again. Uh, I love to support the Girl Scouts. I get the Boy Scout popcorn when they come around. That price, the Boy Scout popcorn, uh, one, it's very good. The price is out of control for Boy Scout popcorn. I had to put a moratorium. Thankfully, um, my cousin's kids and anybody, like family friends who were Boy Scouts, they've outgrown it. So now I don't feel the obligation to buy Boy Scout popcorn. But Girl Scout, Girl Scout cookies, even if I don't know any Girl Scouts, I still like to get some cookies. But there has to come a line where we go, okay, the boxes of cookies are getting smaller. The prices keep going up. Where does it end? Maybe $6. Maybe six dollars is where it ends. They're going up from five to six this year, and there's a lot of excuses. Oh well, it's you know it's uh, the cost of making the cookies and the supplies and blah blah blah. So we have to uh, we have to up the prices now. The s'mores cookies, I guess, and the toffee tast toffee tastics were already six bucks a box, but now uh, the thin mints, your dosy doughs, your Samoas. They're all going to be $6. At least at five, it was easy to do the math. Four boxes for 20 bucks. Now, I, I know it's not that much harder to do the math for six. I'm not, you know, an imbecile. But there's some, five dollars $5 seems like the top, you know? I think when my daughter was selling Girl Scout cookies, now granted, this is, this is a while ago. She's 27 now. Um, I think it was three or three fifty a box. For Girl Scout cookies. Then I went to four. Okay, four's all right. Five. Five to me is the top. Now, you know, if I'm confronted by some Girl Scouts this year, I don't know where a Girl Scout would confront me. That would, <laughs> that would seem odd. But I, I may still have to, you know, because their peanut butter sandwich cookies are, for me, that's... I'm addicted. I could eat a I could eat a box of those, which is not saying much anymore. Back in the day, it used to be uh, an accomplishment to eat an, eat an entire box of Girl Scout cookies. Now, not too many. So they're going up to five bucks. Uh, they're worried though that consumers may be you know a little wary because as we were talking about, we've all we're all watching our money. Everything is everything is tight, so everybody's watching it. And if you can go to uh, 
you know, you run into Aldi or uh, somewhere else, you can get a big package of cookies for three bucks, four bucks, you know, twice as many as the Girl Scouts. Now, yes, they're not benefiting the Girl Scouts, and that's the whole thing of the cookies. But, um, you know, if you're if you got a lot of kids and they all like cookies in their lunch, you may go, all right, I'll, I'll buy one box, where before you'd buy two or three. Um, but they they said that they're not too worried. They're worried, but they're not too worried because, I don't know if you remember last year, they released a limited edition raspberry cookie. I never got one. The Raspberry Rally. So they sold out of these things almost immediately. And then the cookies started showing up on eBay for like hundreds of dollars a box because people are stupid. Let's be honest. If you're spending hundreds of dollars on a box of Girl Scout cookies, you're a lunatic. But the Girl Scouts are buoyed by this uh, information. They're like, well, hey, uh, people might uh, people might buy some high-priced cookies. I don't know. That may go the way of the dinosaur, just like something else. Maybe you are going to be getting the last delivery of something that goes out of business tomorrow. This is WTMJ Nights. WTMJ, W277. Have you ever had somebody mention an actor to you and... You're like, oh, I thought they were dead, but they're they're not. They're just old, and they might not have been working. Or somebody says, oh, have you ever have you ever gone to this restaurant? You go, I thought they closed years ago. Nope. That's how I felt today when I saw this. Uh, and if you are, if you are one of the people who will be affected by this, please, I'd love to talk to you because I didn't know you still existed, and I didn't know this still existed. Uh, Netflix is saying goodbye to their DVD by mail service. Are we back in 2002? I, honest to God, I, I did not know this was happening. It all ends tomorrow. So tomorrow, Netflix is shipping out its final DVDs. They, all, they have all but five distribution centers closed. They're sending them out. The people who were subscribers who are getting these discs will get to keep them. Okay. Uh, first of all, who's still getting DVDs from Netflix? If you're a Netflix subscriber, wouldn't you have switched over to streaming? I, I don't know. Maybe there's a justification for it. I don't know. And do you still even watch DVDs? I know... Every time we move, we kind of cull our DVD collection. We had we had tons and tons of DVDs. And the last time we moved, we sold them all for like 50 cents a piece at this used record store, except we saved some. And I don't know what the judgment that went into them. It was like, oh, my Godfather box set. Okay, we're going to keep those. Oh, all the Marvel movies that we have on DVD. We're going to keep those. The Lord of the Rings, yeah, we'll keep those. Um Anything Blu-ray, because I thought that was so fancy. We'll keep the Blu-ray DVDs. So we have a bunch of DVDs, and other than at Christmas and maybe Halloween, we never watch the DVDs. Because the Christmas, you know, we have, over the years, we bought all our, all our the Christmas movies on DVD. So we have those, and we're, they're all in a box with the Christmas stuff. So we pull those out, and we watch our Christmas movies on DVD. But Matt, do you do you even own a DVD? I haven't even owned a DVD in years. See, that's I don't know why at this point why anybody would, unless you 
maybe the, maybe you you love all the deleted scenes. I've never watched all those bonus things on a DVD that I bought. You know, never never watched the alternate endings or the blooper reel. Or I, I figured if the deleted scenes were deleted, there was a reason. So I didn't need to uh, I didn't need to pay that much attention to them. We still have a DVD player hooked up to our you know main TV in the family room. Um, but again, that's mostly for the holidays because I don't know. Well, anyway, they, this is from the, um, the former CEO said from day one, we knew DVDs would go away, that this was a transitory step, according to the former CEO, Mark Randolph. And the DVD service did that job miraculously well. It was like an unsung booster rocket that got Netflix into orbit and then dropped back to Earth after 25 years. That's pretty impressive. Um, I remember when people that I knew or worked with were that subscribers to that, and they were like, oh, yes, these are in my queue, but you got to get them and watch them. And that was why I never did it, subscribed to Netflix for the DVDs, because I never know when I'm going to watch a movie. I don't always have, you know, two hours and three nights a week to watch these movies that were coming in the mail. So I was like, nah, I'm out. Caroline says, I have a now vintage DVD slash VHS player that I refuse to give up for the rare occasions that I use it. I used to have one of those, too. That was, that was big time to have the DVD and the VHS. All right, so, well, if you're waiting, tomorrow they're shipping out the last discs, and you get to keep them. Bonus. On the other side of the news, it's time for a little drive through window. We'll get to that and more after the news, which comes your way after this on WTMJ. <laughs> Butter pecan coffee at Dunkin'. That Dunkin was pretty donuts, good. You mean? Uh, yes. And I was shocked by the bill. Shout out Culver's. Yeah, Shout I've heard very Culver's. good things about their fish fry. I'm gonna go to Panera. I'm gonna get a bagel sandwich. Doritos and Papa John's are teaming up. Anything that says ranch. That's why I barely watch a western about cattle drives. Uh, because of you guys, I had to analyze the hamburger. <laughs> we eat fast food quite a lot. We talk about it even more. Let's visit the WTMJ Night drive through window one more time with Brian Noonan. Well, 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 yes, it is the drive through window. Every Thursday, we like to uh, look into the world of fast food, the good, the bad, the ugly, and uh, see what's going on as you uh, travel about looking to eat in your car or bring something home to your family. Uh, this, All right, we have quite a mixed bag in this drive through window. Let's start with this one uh, that Matt found. And uh, rarely do, does the drive through window and gunplay merge. That's usually not a thing on the drive through window. It's a happy, happy segment about uh, tasty treats. Um, it happens in Houston, Texas, so it may not surprise you that gunplay is involved, but it also happens at a jack-in-the-box, which uh, if, you're, if you're not familiar with jack-in-the-box, because they're not here in the Midwest uh, anymore, back, back when I was a kid there were jack-in-the-boxes uh, around the Chicago area. I don't remember going to any. When we lived in California, jack-in-the-box is a big thing out there. And I will tell you, if you ever get a chance, and Matt, have you ever been to a Jack in the Box? I have not. All right. Well, first, first of all, now they've uh, they've tried to class it up, and it just says Jack, uh, which doesn't seem classier than Jack in the Box, but it's a new logo, and uh, it's got the clown, you know, from the Jack in the Box. 
If you ever get a chance, when you're out on the road calling games somewhere and you run across a jack-in-the-box, do yourself a favor uh, and try their, it used to be two tacos for a dollar. It's probably two tacos for two dollars now. And there's something about a jack-in-the-box taco. It's deep fried. And so the uh, the shell is really tough, except for right in the middle where there's the pouch of... Um, Meat and I, I can't say beef. I don't know what it. It's it's a meat substance, and that I know I'm making it sound gross, but it's a meat substance with a piece of American cheese also fried in there, and then they spread it apart just enough to put a little lettuce in there, and there's something about hitting that hot pocket of cheesy meat substitute that is one of the most uh, delicious things you'll ever have in your life. And like I said, they're two for a buck. Jack in the Box is open 24 hours. I'll let you do the math and figure out where my judgment comes from. But anyway, be that as it may, there was a uh, couple that came up to a Jack in the Box window. There was a man and his wife and a small child, and they were in a pickup truck. And, well, of course, it goes without saying, it's Texas. But they are, uh, they're in Houston, near the airport, and they roll up um, to get their food. Well, they get the food, and the man uh, is a little upset that he's not got his uh, curly fries. There's an order of curly fries missing. And so he was denied those curly fries by the woman at the window. She said, you didn't order curly fries, whatever she said, blah, blah, blah. And things started to escalate. So he's in his pickup truck at the window, and he's in a verbal exchange with the woman who's working inside. She leaves the frame. She comes back. They start arguing again. It lasted for nine minutes. Imagine sitting behind this pickup truck in the line at Jack in the Box. We've all been behind somebody who doesn't know how to order and takes a long time. Imagine you got people arguing for nine minutes. Well, she leaves... Again, this is all on on uh, video. She leaves the drive-thru window the second time. Truck is still there. She, she is seen taking a gun from her pocket and then putting it back. Another employee tries to calm her down. She's not having any of it. Uh, she returns. She continues arguing with the guy in the truck. The confrontation gets hotter. She starts tossing ketchup packets into his truck's window, which seems frivolous because you didn't give him his fries. He obviously doesn't need the ketchup. Um, he throws the items back. Then the other employee, not the one who has the firearm in her pocket, closes the drive-thru and locks the drive-thru window. That's when the woman unlocks the window, pulls out her gun, points it at the man in the truck, and fires several shots as he spades away. None of the bullets hit the vehicle. Uh, the three people, the two adults and the child, were not injured. But, uh, wow. Wow. That, at, at some point, I'm going to say at minute three, I either say, forget the curly fries, because curly fries are an abomination. Let's, uh, that's not a hot take. Curly fries suck. If you're a Curly Fry fan, reevaluate. So, of course, I would have dumped out after a couple minutes, and I either would have walked in and asked to talk to a manager, or I would have just chalked it up, gotten home, maybe called the store 
filed a complaint. I'm sure there's a customer service line for Jack in the Box. You could have done that. I can't imagine can't imagine being so upset that you're going to argue with somebody for that long over the curly fries. I also, what is somebody thinking? One, you bring a gun to your Jack in the Box job? What's your jumbo jack? Is somebody going to come in and try to jack all the jumbo jacks? You know, to shoot to shoot at somebody. Wow. All right. So, you know what, Matt? Maybe I, I take that back. Maybe try a Jack in the Box unless you're calling a game in Houston. Then don't go to Jack in the Box. Then go to Whataburger because I haven't. Heard I have been yet. to Whataburger. That's fantastic. Yeah, Whataburger is the truth. It is good stuff. I like, yeah, I like me a Whataburger. We, we, last time we went was in January when we were driving down to the uh, Cotton Bowl. Had to have a Whataburger. And I introduced my daughter to Jack in the Box on a drive home from Los Angeles. She was, uh, she had been out there for an internship. And so we were driving back and we were in Northern California. And I was like, well, we got to stop for lunch. And where we were stopping, there were a lot of options. And she was like, well, I've never been to Jack in the Box. Even when we lived in California, I don't know how she passed up not going to Jack in the Box. But I was like, all right. She loved it. Jack in the Box. Not in Houston. All right, maybe you're a Taco Bell, a Taco Bell vegan. Those two things don't really go together. But Taco Bell is celebrating the return of nacho fries by offering customers a new vegan nacho sauce. Ooh. I don't know if that's going to draw people in. We may be surprised. It's going to deliver all the warm sauce goodness fans know and love, but with a vegan twist. Uh, the enthusiasts are going to have to wait till October 12th to get the vegan nacho sauce. The traditional nacho sauce and fries uh, were made available today. So that's good. Taco Bell is going to offer both versions of the nacho fries in a size large for the first time, going for $2.99. Regular is $2.19. You might as well spend the extra 80 cents. Go crazy. Get yourself a giant, a large Taco Bell nacho fries. So the vegan nacho sauce, if you are a skeptical vegan, and I haven't met any that aren't, um, it's been certified by the American Vegetarian Association, just like the crispy seasoned fries. So it represents the company's commitment to, pro, to quote, provide food for all lifestyles, end quote. Well, we already know they provided food for the drunken lifestyle. Um, probably the, the, uh, the frugal lifestyle, as you and I were mentioning earlier, Matt, and now for the vegans. So this was, I was shocked by this. Almost a quarter of the food sold last year at Taco Bell consisted of their vegetarian products. So as much as I might be laughing, it's working for Taco Bell. So uh, there you go. The company decided to make the vegan nacho sauce a signature component of the nacho fries package after the sauce was well received by customers trying out the vegan crunch wrap a couple of months back. There you go. So Taco Bell trying to, uh, trying to lure the vegans in with a promise of tastiness. All right. This is very exciting. Now, Matt, you were not with us last year in October. This was a topic of conversation for many weeks because uh, there was a huge hype around it, and both Tommy and I fell victim to it. I enjoyed it, and I'm looking forward to this again. Of course, I'm talking about the Curd Burger. Have you heard of the Curd Burger before, Matt? Not until now. Matt, 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 Matt. It's a Culver's tradition. 
the curd burger is coming back October 2nd for the third year in a row. This is what it is, Matt. Now, pictures, you've, you've been to Culver's before, right? Oh, yeah, numerous times. So you've had a butter burger. Now, picture that butter burger, but on top of that butter burger is a patty-sized cheese curd. Ooh. A patty-sized deep-fried cheese curd on top of one of Culver's top-notch butter burgers. And there you go. It is the curd burger, and it is coming out. We, I have to be very careful when I, when I uh, enunciate the name of the curd burger. But it's coming back for all of October. This is great. It started out uh, as an April Fool's joke in 2021. They brought it out for a day that year, and it sold out like crazy. So last year... It can't now. Uh, the, the one day they sold 136,000 uh, curd burgers. Some places sold them out fast. Last year they came out; they were available all of October. So we both did try them. I am going to try one again this year because I think what happened last year. I think the secret is you got to eat it right away. The curd burger might not be something that travels because I got it and brought it home, and by then the cheese curd was kind of cold. And so it was uh, a little viscous, Did not, not as runny as I think it should have been. And I know cheese curds aren't normally runny, but you know what I mean. A little, there, was no, there was no good pull on the cheese curd. So I'm going to try it again this year. It's um, four weeks to enjoy the limited time menu item, available at all Culver's locations until Halloween or while supplies last. So don't wait. Don't wait and uh, after your trick-or-treating go, oh, you know what I need to do? I need to run get a curd burger because, no, you're not going to get one. I, I fell for this. Sometimes, and I'm not, uh, I'm not really gullible when it comes to advertising because I know they can make anything look delicious on TV. You know, a commercial, oh, my gosh, the photography, everything looks good. Why do you think people keep going to Applebee's? Because uh, the baby back, baby backs look really nice on the commercial. But every once in a while, something comes along that piques my interest. And I say to myself, self, you got to get over and uh, take advantage of this. And the curd burger is one of them. Matt, uh, maybe we'll, you know what? We'll have to. We'll try one together. We'll do a, a drive-through window taste test one one week. Oh, we got it. And we'll have we'll have somebody bring us in some hot curd burgers, <laughs> and uh, and we'll go from there. But it was really tasty. I got to be honest. It's not something. I think I said this last year. It's not something that you could eat every every day because it's pretty heavy. But it's not it's not something that you should uh, sleep on. You, you got to try it. All right. That is the drive through window for this week. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come back, and there's more. It's WTMJ Nights. Oh, this little refrain should help me explain as a matter of fact. I fear. Welcome to another edition of At the Breweries. Give me a keg. Pull up a bar stool and get ready to join the keg conversation. A shark on whiskey is mighty risky. A shark on beer is a beer engineer. Your one-stop shop for brews in the news is on tap. Beer, more beer, and more beer. Here's at the breweries with Brian Noonan. 
Thursday night. I have a feeling a number of people are probably cracking open some beers if they are watching the uh, the game tonight. Not looking good, Matt. At the uh, with five minutes left in the second quarter. Ah, boy, oh boy. Let's just say the Lions have twenty four, the Green and Gold have three. So this is not. Uh, not looking good. Now, you know, I know it's only the first half, but uh, if things keep going, that's uh, not good. Let's see. We've got uh, here's first drive, field goal, then punt, punt, interception, punt, punt. The offense is not clicking. I think that's an understatement. Would you agree? 231 to 15 in terms of total yards. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's not good. That's not good at all. Well, we'll see. And uh, oh, it's a short week. Oh, the left side of the line is decimated, which that, that's probably a big thing, left side of the line being decimated. But uh, who knows? All right, yes, it is at the breweries because it's Thursday night. We like to talk. After we talk about uh, fast food, we do like to talk about beer. And uh, this is exciting news, if you're a fan of 1840 Brewing Company, um, they are going to be... Opening, they opened in Bayview in 2017, and they're looking ahead. They're going to open a new place in West Bend in November. Uh, it's going to be near downtown West Bend. They already has its. They already have their foot in West Bend because they are the Bach beer provider for Bach Fest, which is a festival in West Bend that's planned for March. Uh, the owner, uh, Kyle Vetter of 1840 Brewing Company said that uh, city officials approached him about opening a location in West Bend. He was very excited about it. He said, we're super excited uh, to highlight what we do. We want to be part of West Bend. Uh, their plan is right now, they're going to, when they first open, they're going to brew the beer in Bayview and transport it to West Bend. He is hoping to be able to uh, craft beer in West Bend by 2024. So that's, uh, that's good news. Another brewery opening is always good. It is Oktoberfest season, so if you are anywhere around an Oktoberfest, oh, I urge you to go and drink some Fest beers or Martins, if those are your uh, things, maybe a Hellas Lager. Um, this is a great time of year for craft beer, a lot of malt-forward stuff if you like them. Some other events that are going on around Milwaukee, beer-related, uh, the aforementioned 1840 Brewing Company, their Beer Garden Roadshow, is going to be at Fox Point's Longacre Pavilion from 4 to 8 p.m. tomorrow. You can get a cool stein for $15. The first fill of Oktoberfest or Fest beer is free. Some of you may be wondering what's the difference between I, I thought all Oktoberfests were the same. Uh, a lot, Matt, if I may be allowed to be a beer, eh, a little bit of a nerd for just a second. They're both delicious. They're both uh, malt forward. A quote-unquote Oktoberfest, the one that you see that's kind of golden, darker, maybe uh, orange-red, something like that, that's a Martzen style, and that's um, a little different. That was the traditional beer of Oktoberfest in Germany, and then they decided to do a Fest beer, which is a lighter in color, um, a little easier, uh, you know, a few more hops in there, not a lot, it's not overly hoppy, still malty, but it it looks like just a uh, regular lager, and it, uh, it proved very profitable for 
Oktoberfests in Germany, and then they brought the tradition here. So there's a lot of beers associated with Oktoberfest. So go try some if uh, that's what you're doing. Another event tomorrow, Component Brewing is pairing beer with pierogi. It's perfect. It's going to be a wonderful weekend, too, to be outside. They're offering uh, for purchase a flight of four component brews with a flight of four pierogi, uh, the dumplings made by Hot Dish Pantry. And then Black Rose Blending releases its first bottles in Milwaukee at Supermoon Beer Company, which is on Howell Avenue. Pre-order is available now with a pickup starting tomorrow at 3. The project was started by Kyle Metz, who was previously with Funk Factory Gazeria. On Saturday, all oh, the Oktoberfest continue. It's uh, Explorium Brew Pub from noon to 10. That's on 76th Street. You get there at 3 for a free firkin tapping and uh, stay until live music starts at 6. A firkin is the wooden keg. So you can get there and watch them. They take the giant mallet and they put the tapper the tap right in there. Uh, the Wisconsin Brewery Running Series is making a stop at Explorium on Saturday. The 5K run starts at 11 o'clock. Your registration includes a beer at the finish line. 1840 Brewing, very busy, hosting Oktoberfest from noon to 8. You buy a glass stein for 15. You get it filled with Oktoberfest or Fest beer for free. The Snobtoberfest at Beer Snobs Ale and Eats in Heartland. Uh, it's a block party. It starts at 6 o'clock Saturday. Includes a beer truck, live music, food, and fun. The Ubertoberfest is happening at Third Space Brewing from 1 to 6 on Saturday. They'll be releasing Ubertoberfest, an Imperial Oktoberfest, with a potent 8% ABV. Oh, my goodness. There's going to be food, games, and music. The Bass Bay Brew House is having Oktoberfest on Saturday. $25 admission. Get you four drink tickets, food, and live music. That sounds like a good deal. That's in Muskego. Half Acre Brewing is coming to Ray's Growler Gallery for the monthly cribbage tournament. You can register to participate. And finally, Bikes and Brews is a bike pub crawl that begins at uh, Central Grand Cafe and Tappery in, uh, on Canonic uh, Avenue. Uh, the ride includes six stops, each with a featured beer. Tickets are just $10 in advance, $15 a day of the ride. So there's that. And uh, I'm going to do another shameless plug. We have launched our new beer podcast, Crafty Brewers, Tales Behind Craft Beer. You can see the first two episodes and the trailer on YouTube. You can also watch the video on Spotify, and you can download the podcast wherever it is that you get podcasts. And uh, if you like it, which I'm sure you will, if you, the thing about the podcast is, and I won't uh, spend a lot of time on it, but if you, uh, if you're looking for something beer related, this is a great one. If you're not really into beer but you like a good story, these brewers all can tell great stories. So uh, we just started out. We'll be talking to a lot more breweries, and uh, if you want, it's Crafty Brewers Tales Behind Craft Beer. You can find it wherever your podcasts are sold or given away or downloaded or whatever you want. Um, also on Instagram, crafty underscore brewers underscore pod. So there you go. All right, that's at the breweries. We're going to take a quick break. Then we're back as we start heading toward the finish line on WTMJ Nights. <laughs> We don't get too much Beastie Boys on this program, but I like when we get them. How many of you argue with your husband, wife, partner 
whoever it is that sleeps in your room with you over the temperature of your bedroom. I love it really cold when I sleep. Um, this is one thing where my wife and I have universal agreement. Because my wife always uh, says she's hot, um, and it's not because I'm there. But, uh, you know, so we both, like, we both like the bedroom cool. But I know some people who have to have it have to have it very warm. Our daughter doesn't like it really cold. She likes her room warm when she sleeps, or at least she used to when she lived with us. Um, but this is a big argument that a lot of people have. You know, I know when I'm in a hotel room, I can't get it cold enough. I, it always feels like I'm hanging meat when I stay in a hotel because I just crank the air conditioner up because you can't open the windows and you can't get a breeze through these last, uh, the last few nights and tonight's going to be the same way. Getting down into the upper fifties, I leave the windows open, let it come out, let that cold air come on in and where, there we go. Well, that's the traditional thinking for sleeping. Matt, hot or cold in your room when you sleep? About medium, I'd say 67, 68 maybe. Okay, well, that's, yeah, they're, they're considering that cool, you know, a chilly room, because they say the chilly room is uh, a National Sleep Foundation says she should be between about 60 and 67 degrees. So you're right there. Um, they say that's for ideal sleep. But then a new study came out, because you can never have too many studies, and you can never have too many people throwing money at stuff. Um, the, the journal Science of the Total Environment found that it may not be the best temperature for everybody. That's 60 to 67 degrees. They're saying older adults sleep best in warmer environments. Uh, speaking as an older adult, no thank you. Um, they say they want their, they, that temperature should be 68 to 77. I can't imagine it being 77 in my bedroom. Even in the dead of winter, we don't get the heat up past 72 in the house. Oh, that would be sweltering. I'd just be laying on top of the sheets, sweating like a lunatic. So now it was a small study. They studied 50 people. They wore sleep monitors that tracked restlessness, sleep duration, and sleep efficiency. Uh, an environmental sensor monitored their bedroom temperatures. According to the Washington Post, the study consisted of people above 65 years old who were followed for a year at some point during the study's timeline, uh, in all, the study consisted of 11,000 nights of sleep. Now, there were some limitations, obviously. It was a very small, small group. It was only people from Boston. So I don't know if the people in Boston run hotter or colder than anywhere else. Um, but anyway, experts says there's still merit to this research. Uh, researchers, they say, objectively measured room temperatures and followed subjects over time. Um, I don't know. I can't do it. They say if you want to if you want to discover your ideal sleep temperature, it's going to take you a little bit. It's going to take you a couple weeks. Um, there are reasons why some people sleep better in warmer temperatures than others. Uh, experts think that um, it varies, of course, from person to person. Sixty-eight to seventy-seven is a large range. So you know, I might like sixty-eight, and you know. You might like 67. Well, we're both in that range, so technically we like it hotter. No. Um, some people are going to be really hot at 77. Some are fine. A clinical professor of psychiatry and behavioral sciences and sleep medicine at Stanford. That is a big business card. 
Uh, he's also the author of How to Sleep. Um, he says he usually recommends a sleep temperature below 70 degrees. He says the hot weather thing, not going on. But it's going to take you at least a week to determine your ideal temperature, probably more. They say you should start at around 68, so right where Matt likes to sleep, 68 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, that's the most supported with established research. That's the ideal temperature, right? Okay, keep a log of how you feel. This is taking all the fun out of going to sleep. Uh, did you wake up cold? Are your feet chilly? Are they hot? Did you think a fan would help? What about an extra blanket? Take note of your observations, and then just throw that all away and go to bed and either put on another blanket or take a blanket off. Don't adjust the thermostat for just one night. Um, you gotta, you got to do this for a while, like I said, over a week. And uh, you might want to do this because this is the other thing that ties into this sleep study. This is what, this is what got me a little, uh, a little nervous because I don't know about you, but when you get to a certain age, you start thinking about, oh, man, am I, is my brain still as sharp as it used to be? Am I remembering everything? Now, Matt, you've got a long time uh, to go before this happens to you. But, you know, uh, maybe you, you, see, you see people around you, your parents maybe getting older, and you think they're, oh, maybe it's, uh, something's going on. Well, if you're not sleeping well, you may be prematurely aging your brain. Dun, 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 dun. Yes. A new study published by the Journal of Neuroscience. I... I read a lot of things that are quoted from journals. A single night of sleep deprivation can change your brain and make it appear older. I am screwed. Typical. I think brain everybody's aging. screwed. I know. But see, you, you now, because you are a young man, I'm giving you this information to save your brain over years. You're going to have a lot of uniform numbers to remember. You're going to have a lot of uh, venues to remember, a lot of rules for s different sporting events to remember. So you need to get your sleep. Me, I'm a lost cause. I'm done. Uh, stick a fork in me. Because typical brain aging includes structural and functional changes that deplete cognition over time. Oh, boy. I, I don't know. So uh, there's uh, sleep, of course, you know, is essential. Our brains do. Uh, our brains heal and recover overnight. Memory consolidation, clearing toxins, and creating new neural pathways only happen when we sleep. That's why if you're up too long, you start feeling loopy. You know, you can't concentrate, you can't think, you can't do any of that. Um, if you're not sleeping enough, your brain won't have enough time to carry out vital functions. So studies, most of the studies that they've done look at performance on cognitive tests. The one that this study was based on investigates the age of the brain structures with MRIs. The participants included 134 healthy volunteers aged 19 to 39 with a mean age of 25.3. Four sleep conditions were measured. Total sleep deprivation, which is no sleep. Partial sleep deprivation, which is just three hours of sleep. Chronic deprivation, five hours of sleep for five days in a row. And the control group, which got eight hours of sleep a night. I, I don't, up until this week, I don't remember the last time I got eight hours of sleep. Um, because I'm, I'm up a lot, but I was, uh, I wasn't feeling good the other night and I actually went to bed and I got up 14 hours later. So that I, man, my brain must've rested like crazy. Uh, so there were some limitations on the thing. Here's, here's what they found. 
A full night's sleep reverses the aging effect on the brain, which is great. That means if I slept 14 hours, that's like a night and a half. So I got rid of a couple nights worth of age. Uh, I kicked it up, you know. Um, the total sleep deprivation group was found to consistently have an increased brain age of one to two years after a single night of sleep deprivation. So I don't know what to tell you other than, oh, my goodness, it's, uh, it's time to get some sleep. Because, you know, um, there is all kinds, of, all kinds of risks, an increased risk of dementia, uh, messes with your mental health, you get hangry, you get sleepy, uh, you get anxious, depressed. So, I don't know. Get to sleep. That's all. We can't sleep now. As, uh, as the Beasties told us, no sleep till Brooklyn. And also, no sleep till we're done. And we're a, lot, well, we're a little ways from being done. But we got to do this first. It's WTMJ Nights. Uh, just a quick update. It is halftime at Lambeau. Lions lead 27-3. They kicked a uh, field goal right before the half. 27-3, Lions, as you move into the night. Hopefully, uh, you know, this will get some more people coming back to us, Matt, because the game is, you know. Not out of reach, but... Uh, yeah, and the new the bad news keep on trickling in for the green and gold. Uh, got? Aaron Jones had a wrap on his leg between series. No indication he was close to being sent back in. They could be playing it safe. We'll see what the second half brings. That's from Mike Garofolo, so it's just a waiting game with him. But uh, you're, um, you're playing out of the sewer already, and you're adding literally insult to injury. That's not good. That's not me. Well, we're going to have to try to take our mind off of uh, things. First of all, I, I forgot to ask you this. Are you a wrestling fan? Like professional wrestling? Yeah, pro wrestling. I pay attention to it. I'm not watching it every single day or stuff like that. But I, if you gave me characters, I could tell you what's going on. Okay, well, this then I have, I have a documentary I think you might like if you haven't seen it. Have you watched Wrestlers on Netflix? I have not. It's about the um, Ohio Valley uh, wrestling promotion. It's the one that John Cena and Brock Lesnar and a couple other guys have come out of that became huge superstars. So it's kind of the WWE feeder league. And um, it's based in Louisville. And Al Snow, do you remember Al Snow? He was a big-time WWE guy. I've heard of him. I don't remember him. He, his gimmick was he came out with a, uh, a mannequin head. And he was, like, insane. And he would talk to the mannequin head, and they'd wrestle. And, you know, uh, it was a big thing. So Al Snow, Al Snow's been around for a long time. Well, he's the president of this league, and it's following the league that has been losing money. And I, 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 without spoiling it, some new owners came in. One was a radio guy, a sports radio guy, but he had also been a lawyer and something else. And another uh, entrepreneur from Louisville, they bought in. And so they, you're following these wrestlers as they're trying to develop and see where they're going to go. And some, you know, have uh, some have some potential and some don't. And there's, you know, the usual kind of uh, problems with different things. Uh, but they're trying to go through this summer to become profitable. And it all ends with a big, it all builds up to a big show 
that they're going to do at the end. But it is, uh, if you like that, and I'm not, I stopped watching wrestling on a regular basis a long time ago. Uh, a friend of mine is still very much into it, so we'll, he'll have a conversation with me once in a while about it. And, um, you know, so I know I very cursory knowledge of current wrestling. But this, if you have any interest in wrestling at all, and even my wife watched one episode with me, and she doesn't have any knowledge or desire to have any knowledge about wrestling, but she she found it fascinating because of the the real people involved and you know people who have been doing it for a long time at that level and are still hoping to get their shot, and people who are brand new in the business and are looking to get to become that big thing. It's a seven-part, it's a BBC documentary, um, and it happens all in Kentucky. So it's really, it's really cool, and there's some vintage, you know, there's some vintage footage of some things, uh, vintage footage of, like, when John Cena was still in this Ohio Valley League and, uh, you know, was was coming up. So... It's pretty cool. If you have any interest in that, that's my that's my pick. If you're looking for something to binge over the weekend, and you uh, you have any interest at all in wrestling, it's called Wrestlers, and it's on Netflix. And it is, uh, you know, the episodes are all about forty to fifty minutes. Uh, they move really fast, and there's some characters that you'll really like, and some characters that you will not like at all, and uh, might be fun. Now, if that's not your speed, if you're saying to me, Brian. Uh, watching giant men in their underpants is not really my idea of a binge watch for the weekend. Do you have anything perhaps a little more, I don't know, explicit? Sure, because we're about done with the show. That's why I saved this story till the end, Matt. Um, there is a show that is very popular in the UK called Naked Attraction. And yes, it's pretty much what you would imagine. It is a reality dating show. You know, we've seen all these reality dating shows, right? Uh, and they've got they've got a little weirder and more risque over the last couple years. Love is Blind, Milf Manor, uh, those kind of things. Well, this Naked Attraction has been on for I think it, it, there's six seasons. Yeah, there were six seasons in the UK. Well, now it's come to Max, so what used to be HBO Max, the streaming service Max. It's pretty much what you would think. They cut right to the chase. Um, full frontal nudity. <laughs> and I was like, wow, all right. Uh, so it's on, been airing on Channel 4 since 2016. They quietly added it. Now, they have you can see the trailer and the trailer is censored, but here's basically how it works. Uh, Anna Richardson is the host, and there's a single chooser. So let's say Matt, you're the chooser, and behind a partition uh, of colorful, semi-transparent booths, there are six naked people. And as you ask questions, the bodies are slowly revealed from the feet up until just their faces are shown or until their faces are shown, rather. Now, as the glass moves up, the chooser eliminates people based on their bodies. So maybe, you know, maybe you don't like somebody's got the thick calves or 
uh, knobby knees or whatever it is, well, then you, you weed them out. As it gets closer to the top, then the chooser has to take their clothes off too so that when the glass goes up, the chooser and the choosee are both staring at each other naked. And they say, this show promises to start where a good date often ends, naked. Then they go, then you go on a date, a fully clothed date, and you come back and you talk about the time together. So it's like love connection without pants, because you pick somebody, then you go on a date and you come back and talk about it. Um, there's about 60 episodes already on Max, so maybe you don't want to watch wrestlers. Maybe you just want to, uh, maybe you just want to get in there and, I don't know. Which one is more, uh, Matt, if you had to pick between the two, which are you going to watch this weekend? I don't know, to be honest with you. Yeah, so you might want to intersperse. I don't know. Wrestlers, then flip over, see a naked attraction. Hey, they're both scripted anyways. Yeah, and you know. <laughs> to a know, point. I'm, I'm going to have to watch. I'm going to have to watch an episode so I can report back. That's just responsible journalism. Yes, it is. That's I, I'd be I'm doing I'm doing the listeners a disservice if I don't listen to it. All right, listen. Speaking of disservice, uh, the pack is doing that <laughs> against the Lions, but we got to get out of here. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being part of the program, Matt. Thank you as always. We will talk to you again next week. It's all going to be dependent on the Brewers' playoff schedule, so stick around. Uh, Dave Ramsey after the news on WTMJ.